0: This is, uh, well, I know we've not officially started. I was coming back here, but I, I don't think, even, oh, you're, yeah, that sounds better, I think. Good stuff. Good. Yeah, stuff. that's
1: better.
0: All right, where are we at? I, I, I don't even know how to, I don't, I don't know what to say. What did we say? Like, I just, I, I, I feel like we just need to pop some corks and uh, it's hard to comprehend. What's happened? Yeah. All right. Well, welcome to episode two
1: hundred and fifteen. Yeah. What do you want to talk about? Anything? Anything
0: going on? (laughs) I just want to come out and say I think the most. I think the thing on everyone's mind at the moment is obviously history's been made. um, But I just want to. I just love VAR. I just want to say. (laughs) I just want to say how much I've always felt like it's been just such a massive improvement for the game and the people that the people that run it. Are just outstanding, and uh, honestly, it's the, probably the greatest thing that's happened to football in the last fifty years. I to, yeah
1: <laughs> I want to make a joke about cashing in, like cashing in our apologies, like money in the bank. But the decision was looks looks to be the right one. So, like they actually did get it right for once. Anyway, um, so I can't even make that joke because they actually did the right thing for once. So it's <laughs> not you. like we it's not like we cashed in all of the absolute broad decisions made against us to get a dodgy one for ourselves. Like they actually got it right, which is extra nice. Um, All right. Let's, let's initially start with the really boring stuff. Shall we? Uh, St. James's park on Thursday night. Um, There was a
0: game. <laughs> this thing last week.
1: <laughs> it feels very deja vu here. Um, yeah. And we're probably going to treat it in a very similar fashion. So let's just talk about it very quickly. Um, it feels like this was uh, a starting 11 and a game that ended up being the preparation and warm up game for what we witnessed today um, in order to field the 11 we did today. Deserbi is always going to go for a win everywhere, right? He's always going to try and win, no matter what he's doing. Uh, but uh, I do think that... I've, ch- I've changed my mic now, Adam. Hopefully that's... Better. <laughs> um, now I'm It's sc- just because I'm so happy I've just turned the volume... Just
0: screaming at everyone. You
1: like, wrote volume, yeah. Um, so I think that he obviously was not intending to lose or anything like this, right? In the same way that Pep's team today which is incredibly weak and for anybody listening uh, live. Um, and tomorrow you're probably listening and laughing that Chelsea still losing and it anyway. Pep is never putting those teams out to lose, right? And prior to the two like insane quickly goals towards the end, we were in a position where we arguably could have took points in a game we didn't deserve to take points from. Um, but we now have the benefit of hindsight post-Southampton um, and I, for one, am perfectly happy at the gamble that Derby Tuck. and I am perfectly happy to have took three from a possible six after this. Are you guys?
0: I, I'm, go- I'm, re- I'm rebelling against. So I, yes, I want to talk about that, but I do want to. Uh, how, how do we even encompass the fact that this team is now? There's it's two games left in the season unless we lose sixteen something nil. We are we're playing the Europa League. The Europa League. Your
1: fault for saying it now. It is.
0: Yeah. (laughs) What's this? Palmer is going to come out for Man City and score fifteen goals. Uh, This was. This is a competition that Man United and Barcelona were playing this season have been knocked out from. Uh, This is. Now that there are three European competitions, this this competition used to be like, ah, oh, whatever, it's the backup. No, okay. This is legitimate. Like, Mourinho was crying about making the final of this competition. This is This is an absolutely unprecedented situation. This club has redefined its own history. Like, this is unreal. No one could really have predicted this, especially what happened at the start of the year. And I know we talked about this a lot. And I know I've completely gone off tangent and piece, dear, but I, I don't care. Not, was it how many months ago? Was it September? The whole coaching staff left in September. How, how long ago is that? Eight months? Eight months ago. We were like, oh, God, I hope we can survive in the Premier League. And we're sixth with two games left. Mathematically, we can still finish fifth. We won't, but mathematically, we still can. That's unreal. Uh, I don't even know what the question was. Yeah, Newcastle, whatever. Don't care. But yeah, it, clearly he, he he put the team out today. This was like a we want to destroy Southampton team. And the one on the, the other day was like, ah, uh, this isn't where we're gonna. This isn't where we're gonna get sixth. Uh, let's let just batter Southampton and just be job done.
2: Yeah, now that was the gamble, right? I think. Well, we all saw that in Newcastle. I think it was it was a leggy performance, but also just the, the rotation was just a little bit too heavy. And we we talk about having 16, 17 players to choose from, it was probably the weakest team we could have put out without it being too obvious. Um, So, yeah, it's a gamble. And, you know, it's obviously paid off. And with the power of hindsight, like we're all sitting here very happy about that gamble, but it could have easily gone (laughs) another way as well. So, uh, but yeah, Newcastle, not great. Never was going to be. uh, It is what it is.
1: And I think that's well. And I think that's it. We have spent seven minutes more than we have to. Uh, now to Europa League football, uh, winning Brighton over Albion after today. Um, yeah, this I would argue, genuinely, uh, especially given the fact that we'd done this with two games to go, that our club was decimated of its entire backroom staff in the la- in the twelve months of twenty twenty two. Not only as well, we also lost. Our director of football, whatever he, whatever his actual name was, technical director, whatever it was, Ashworth, to Newcastle. Uh we lost Basuma in the summer, um, who was crucial to us. We lost correct Kukare- We lost our player of the season, we lost our entire backroom staff, we lost members of the staff that have been here longer than like I've been legally allowed to drink. Like we've had people, <laughs> we've had people leave that have been here for years and years and yet, like over a decade. Uh Ben Roberts and Co. left. We brought in a guy that only got to be here because of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Uh, so that's the only reason that we have him as is. Um, and this is not
0: a Putin apologist podcast. <laughs>
1: uh, it's yeah.
0: Yeah, just putting that out there before someone comes at us.
1: We lost Trossard in January. We lost Mwepu awfully to like his entire career. We lost the whole thing uh, due to the heart condition. Uh, we did not strengthen in January which, although Deservey wasn't happy about, I don't think any of us were surprised having known Tony Bloom now as the owner of this club for 12, 13 years. Um, And we have a genuinely strong starting 11's worth of injured players at this point in time. Um, And we've still achieved six with two games to go. I, I would argue that that is up there with any Premier League achievement from any Premier League club ever like truly I really would like obviously we're not talking Leicester winning the league levels but like I would put it in the echelon just below that in terms of the achievement that we've made this year it's yeah
2: and if you really dive into it I mean the Serby's been nominated for manager of the season right and you know Coming in halfway through a season without a preseason, not being strengthened in January, a second 11 that's completely crocked and still able to get us into Europe. Um, yeah, if, if you really lay it out, um, I, I he has to be up there. And I think that's why he's nominated. But it's it's up there with the rest of the managers and what they're doing. Like, namely, I think he beats everyone. If I can really think about it, and unless you know, if you if you forgive the Arsenal bottling, taking that Arsenal team to second, it's a pretty huge achievement as well. But aside from that, it's very hard pressed. Um, unless you're unless you're Unai Emery, it's it's huge, and it, yeah, it hasn't really sunk in yet. And I think that's I'm sort of just trying to find words for it, but uh, I'm still trying to gather my thoughts. But it's it's crazy.
0: Um. Uh, The the side, so we played West Ham last game of the season, uh, and that was on May the 22nd, 2022. So tomorrow, a year ago tomorrow. And go go do yourself a favour and take a look at that game. Now, some of the core of the team obviously was still there, but one year ago, one calendar year ago, Robert Sanchez was the goalkeeper. Um, Webster was the starting centre-back pairing with Dunk, obviously. Kuka we've already talked about, Basuma, we've talked about, um, Wellbeck was starting up top, Solly was starting, the three subs that came on, Neil Pay, Tarek Lampy, Tarat Lamptey, Enoch Wapu, and obviously Graham Potter coaching staff. Um, this it's it how do you describe the fact that a team has been able to completely reinvent itself, completely reinvent itself in in that short space of time? To achieve this in the most competitive, hardest fought top six uh, grouping of, of any league in world football, it is utterly insane. Especially when you then think about the fact that what is that? I saw people tweeting about: that. we have the most goals by teenagers this season than every other club combined. Um, we were relying at the tail end of this season to secure uh, second tier European football by playing a slew of, of kids, literal children. Uh, the bench the other day, apart from McAllister and the goalkeeper, were all sub-20 against Newcastle. All sub-20. Like, the fact is, we've got some excellent players at this team. But this team has got these individual players. There's no right to get sixth position in this league. And the fact that this has been managed and the job that Deserby and the ownership have done to cultivate this. And then the the ability for the the players to fit into this system is we are the envy of almost every other football club and every other fan out there. And frankly, unless you support one of the stupid clubs that have essentially cheated, allegedly cheated their way to do this.
1: Well, no, I mean, you're right though, right? Like, I I think we took, talked about it yesterday like there's no there's no bigger attraction to any young player in world for it's mad saying this out loud but outside of the elite clubs and you would argue that even with the elite clubs in the conversation in terms of your trajectory in a career we're not talking about money because obviously that's irrelevant we're talking we're not in that conversation if psg want to find whatever 17 year old they want there's no competition but if you don't take that into account and you just look at teams on the face of it, especially after today, which we're all talking about Europa League football as a I do love the fact that Deserby in the lap of appreciation is saying that we need one more point for it. Like it's just peak Deserby, isn't it? Like he is absolutely not accepting it until it is like, until the 16 nil is not happening. Uh, <laughs> but we, there is no other club to me that's more attractive than this one if you want to play nice football beautiful football for a manager that would probably legitimately die for you if asked because he went he made a good effort of it in, in Kiev uh, <laughs> um, and you are surrounded by other like-minded incredibly talented young individuals and you are mentored and nurtured by incredibly talented. Older players have seen everything there is to see in world football, from an English level and an international level. And the funniest thing is I'm, I'm including a 24, 25-year-old World Cup winner in that group of elder statesmen that's probably not going to be here, but that's by the by. There is there is no more attractive club to me. None. There is none. Bar, like, absolutely none. PSG, like, whatever. Like, Barcelona, Real Madrid, great. You're not going to play football for those teams. Like That's not going to be something you could just sit and rot, which we see time and time and time and time again. For this team, like, there is no, like there's no better place to go. There really
0: isn't. Oh, it's, it's great. It, is this, outside of the obvious, It's the most exciting summer in Brighton fan history? Oh, it has to be, right?
2: You know, yeah. you've got that sort of... That promise of European football now just takes you to another level immediately, and I think that's that's one of the things that pops straight into your mind is going, oh, we might not have to lose some of our best players now because what they're leaving for has now been also achieved. Um, but you're, yeah, I, the average age of that squad—I mean, if you take sort of Welbeck out and 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 Dunk, they it, it drop significantly, um, and and I guess the level of attraction has now gone up. Tenfold because you're you're playing in a European competition where every elite player wants to be. Um, is it the Champions League? No, but it's the next best thing. And, and like we were saying at the top of the thing, right? You've got some of the world's best managers prying over this over this trophy and this and and this tournament. It's mad, uh, but yeah, I think just when it comes to recruitment and and I guess the attraction of the club now, it, it just goes up significantly. And this summer will be. Mm, Probably you're right. The the best one that we'll see, uh, and I also think combine that with what we said a couple of weeks ago, with a anticipation of significant investment. Um, it now means that you know it could be the most expensive summer we've also had as well, um, and and let's hope so because it has we're gonna to be
0: need, we're going to need that depth. H- has to be, yeah, it does. I, I agree though with you. Like uh, the, the appeal of this 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 club now is just like at every level. At every level is just like. Think about the opposite. Oh, every player now wants to go and play in the Premier League because of the standard of football. Like everyone knows broadly people get paid more here than La Liga and elsewhere. Bar the, the top, top, top tier of some of the other leagues, it falls off hard. You then got like a great city, like a clearly great, pla- like everything, like everything is lined up for you when you come and play and your profile is elevated to such a level. And they talk about this a lot, right? You've mentioned this, the appeal for these younger players is come here, do a job for us, put yourself in the shop window. We will sell you and you can go and play for one of those kid, uh, those clubs that you dreamed of playing for as a kid. We're not going to stop you. Um, but you're going to have a lot of fun on the way. And we're going to get a lot out of you on the way. Uh, I I agree entirely. Uh, I mean, and I, this is, this is, this going to be a thriller of a summer. And I, Just, I just think we all just have to enjoy this because we know these things can be fleeting. But this is this moment, these next few months, this and next season, regardless of how it plays out, this will you'll remember this. We everyone will remember the fact that this team overcame everything to make history, and it's going to be just what an incredible, incredible year it's going to be, regardless of how it ends up.
1: And. I'm not for one moment saying we're going to do this, right? But there is also the added sale point of we are in the Europa League, which is huge already, as is. Like It's a massive competition, despite it being the B-side, the B right, to your Champions League. But you're bringing in these players and you're like, you are going to play Europa League football because we need you to play Europa League football because we have the team that needs to be rotated. De can point to that and go, look at what I've had to do this last year without Europa League football, you are going to get game time under me. Are you going to play 46 games in a season, 38 games in a season? No, probably not. But you're going to play 25 and you're going to develop twice as much as you would have played playing 38 in the Premier League. And do you know what? If you win it, I'm not saying we will, but if you win it, we're in the Champions League regardless. And there are players of that calibre in the same way of, like, boxers, right, that, like, think they can be the best in the world. Like, there's going to be players that we'll talk to this summer that genuinely believe they have the talent in, like, in their themselves that they believe can carry us to winning a Europa League. We're not going to, but they'll believe they can. And that's huge too, because that's the, like, that's the the ethic that we'll be looking at and bringing in. And, like, we're not going to make the Champions League, but, like, the attraction of possibly making it for these players I mean, you cashed in a couple of those those apologies, and we we literally are looking down the barrel of a Champions League year if we weren't fucked by VAR.
0: Stupid VAR, stupid Spurs game, <laughs> and with this, yeah, genuinely, the the even more unbelievable would be believable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you had another six points on just from just from Spurs and Palace, and like mm. we're right there.
2: So, we, I, that's, but it's no, it's not like we're confused about the ability because we are playing like that right and I think people have alluded to it a lot of times it's like oh you know playing above your station or whatever and you know the all of that sort of lovely stuff that the media loves to to throw about but we are playing like one of those teams and you know we're we're up there now and you know barring a massive goal difference swing you can call us a a top six club next year the the media won't like it but it, it is true so and that's that's the most crazy thing to me is that you you know if it was going to be that it had to be this season right just because a, a few clubs have been in utter chaos and, and free fall um but we had to take advantage of that and we have and that's that's not a very brightening thing to do is uh take take advantage and and be able to pull that off um we always talk about how we we do things a difficult way and today was probably the most difficult route you could take as well um <laughs> but we, we like to make it difficult for ourselves. But the fact that we've actually been able to accomplish this um, and get over the line like that, as soon as the final whistle went, it's it's just pure relief more than anything else because we knew that we were so close.
0: I'd completely wedded myself to the idea that it was going to come to the Villa game. Like there was, a, yeah. uh, especially after the Newcastle game, it was like, oh no, please don't make this be that Villa game. <laughs> please, please. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you what though, Ten, the ten minute spell in this game, especially when the Walcott goal that wasn't a goal went in. I I wasn't even I don't know about you, but I was not angry or sad at that point. I was just nothing. <laughs> i just it just felt so like resigned. Like, yeah.
1: The boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I was so glad that feeling changed.
2: Yeah. So I I, I tend to watch the game with my phone like facing down because like just the, the delay in the commentary yeah. and just from the uk and stuff so but the second one went in and i was like of course like there's the of, of course the second one that never was sorry but yeah it, it's just such a, <laughs> it's such a of course that would happen because that's just that's how these things work um god i was so happy to get that rolled out
0: yeah oh, yeah and um, we I was going to say, we were talking before we went properly on, Craig and I were saying how, like, even when it was into the 91st minute, we were both like, how are we going to concede two here? How's that going to happen?
1: <laughs> just... I mean, we saw it at St. James's Park and we'd seen it yeah. 20 minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't for VAR. Yeah. Um, let's let's talk the actual game, um, because the starting eleven was basically as strong as it could be at this point. Um, your starting in 11 was exactly where you'd expect it to be. Steele, Estepinian, Colwell, Dunk, Beltman, Gross, Caicedo, Mitoma, McAllister, Nciso, and Evan Ferguson up front. Um, plenty of strength on the bench for once as well. Gilmore Welbeck, Van Hecker was there, was on there after a pretty rough game at Newcastle. Unda, Bonanotte, uh, and a couple of the youngsters as well on there. Um, the statistics for this one, uh, 26 shots uh, eight on target, one off the woodwork, uh, just over 60% possession, 92% pass accuracy. Uh, we have talked at length uh, about games in this year, uh, especially games that haven't really gone our way, where the stats are not representative of what you watched. Today was a different story. Uh, the stats told the story perfectly, didn't it? Um, Karen Mitoima... Um, must have been kicking himself in that first 29 minutes prior to the goal, mustn't he? Um, because ha- how close was he to, to bagging not just one, but two uh, in the opening 20 minutes?
2: Well, I mean, <laughs> and that, but that's the, the first sort of 20, 25 minutes was it's one of those days, isn't it? And, and, and we've seen them a plenty uh yeah the, the first chance the second chance is goal edge that's that's worse than the first one um but yeah obviously not kicking himself now but yeah it it felt like a sign of things to come i'm glad it wasn't um cuz he he provided a, a great assist as well but i don't know he i feel like he should be finishing those and he does finish those so i'm i'm not entirely sure whether this this season's just a uh, taken a toll on him. But yeah, it, it
0: was, he, he, very happy we won, I'm, I'm sure. Matoma, almost single-handedly made me book a doctor's appointment to try and get on statins <laughs> for blood pressure. Uh, the, the, or whatever you, therefore. The, he, uh, he, let's face it, I think we said at the time, right, when he was performing at his peak peak this season, we're like, this cannot last because like, that would make him the best player in football based on that, that that form he was in. And he has dropped off. He has dropped off towards the end of the season. Can still go around a man, but he hasn't just been like popping around someone and then smashing in the back of the net anywhere near the level of frequency as we saw early on in the season. Um, however, should he have buried one of those? Yeah, I, yes. And I think that's just one of those like unlucky, silly situations. Maybe there was too much pressure or anything like that. But, you know, I know I know. we'll get on to the assist that was put in, but it took about redemption arc, um, the, the balls to then do that when, when you've basically missed two, essentially, like, almost open goals. The first one absolutely should have just been completely buried. Uh, and then the other one just smack against the post when you... Uh, to then just do that outside of the foot thing was just ridiculous.
1: The first one, you have to at least get it on target, right? I think if we got it on target, we're talking a lot less about it. But he didn't even get it on target,
0: which was just brutal. It was me. one of those ones where you're um. just like, you ex- <laughs> in my mind, the net bulged. I couldn't yeah. understand it.
1: Yeah, um, let's just before we get to the the breakthrough, let's just talk about some of the comments. Uh, William comments in, in the chat. Uh, the core thread is that teenager, sunset, and talent, and everything between all the players and staff are in it for each other and are great people at their core. Um, yeah, and you're seeing the ones that aren't be shifted out very quickly. Um, we have a no dickheads policy. I think is the is the uh, the conversation we've had a lot now. Um, and I think that no dickhead's policy evolves over managers, um, and I think it's probably going to be at its strictest under Roberto De Serbi. Um, Stephen in the chat, really great comment. Uh, his eighty-seven-year-old dad just been on the phone in tears. He's supported Albion since nineteen forty-eight. Uh, happiest he's heard him since he's last home. If there's ever a time to be happier than ever since nineteen forty-eight, Stephen, this is probably one of them. Uh, <laughs> so fair play. Um, the players are clearly knackered, James, in the chat as well. Among them, I've been. Yeah, talk- we've been talking about him specifically since Wembley, haven't we? Uh, that he looks just shattered.
0: Barely been rested, is he?
1: Cup. Yeah, he really hasn't. And the World Cup itself, like he said, like has really took its toll on some of these players. Um, do we think we will get that extra point? Derby is wanting. Um, I think we may just get it against City with their eye off the ball. I don't know, James, um, but I. I wouldn't be surprised at this point because this team with no pressure on is a really dangerous one. Uh, It's not like Southampton where they're coming in with no pressure, but they're absolutely on the beach. This is, it's not a team that I would want to play if there's no pressure. If I'm Villa, I'm gutted that we now have to play Brighton with no, who don't care. That's, That's the version of Brighton that I would not want to play at Villa Park. If I'm a Villa player, that's the worst case scenario for me. Um so I think there's every chance that we're not gonna finish on sixty one. Is that what we're on now? Sixty one points. I think there's every chance we'll finish on more. Um and James, you I love you, mate. Uh congratulations on the best Brighton podcast out there. I'm reading that out loud.
0: Oh uh, yeah, we'll <laughs> take that. Yeah, yeah. We'll uh, take that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and twenty nine minutes in, um Evan Ferguson, eighteen years old, this kid has a hell of a future ahead of him. Um, anybody that uh, is considering coming in for a bid for this young man may as well not bother this summer uh, because I don't think there's a chance at hell he's going anywhere this year. Um, first of all, the defendant, uh, to allow McAllister to take that ball, to make several touches, uh, and then pass it into Ferguson, who's allowed to get it out from underneath his feet with absolutely zero pressure, first of all, it's just... That's why they're going to the championship, frankly, with with defending like that. Um, and secondly, that's why they're also going to the defending, uh, to the championship with goalkeeping like that. Um, because Ferguson hit it very hard, right across the grass. But you've got to be doing better than that, haven't you? If you're Southampton's keeper, it was shocking goalkeeping. Like, it just went straight underneath him.
2: Yeah, a couple of errors, like you said, just yeah it reeks of a team void of confidence and just void of I guess ability to stay in the league categorically and um, I think since he swapped in for Bazunu, I think he doesn't covers himself in glory either but um, I mean just Ferguson's ability to just get out of his feet and hit it as hard as he possibly can um, you, you reap some of those rewards but yeah it shouldn't it shouldn't have gone in but it did and uh, a huge weight came off my my shoulders at that point um, despite everything that happened but Yeah, eh, shoddy defending just allowed him through, and catalogue of errors makes (laughs) makes it one nil.
1: I was going to say they were quite happy to just drop that weight back on at about sixty minutes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, temporarily. Um, Just a just a slight tangent. Um, So I feel like I do this a lot. Sorry, the Evan Ferguson was born in Bettystown, Ireland. I'm just putting this out there, but the final of the Europa League is going to be held at the Dublin Aviva Stadium uh, in 2024, which is a currently a 35-minute drive from Evan Ferguson's hometown. Yeah, the stars can sometimes align. Um, but, yeah, it's so, it's so nice to have a, a, a guy in the team who is just going to smash the ball. Um, and of course, like there's situations where you, you, you have this intricate passing and we saw that quite a lot during the game and it opens up amazing potential like, opportunities. Sometimes you just got to just smack it and see what happens. And he smacks it and it happened and it was good. And he yes, I agree. Like I, I'm even, I'm going to go as bold as this, this is going to come back and haunt me. We're going to lose Alexis McAllister. I, I'm. There's a bit of hope in me that says we keep Caicedo um, this this summer as well, uh, and I don't think Ferguson Matoma, or anyone else uh, is going to go anywhere. Frankly, I don't know why I want to that, uh, but yeah.
1: No, I agree um, with all of that. Uh, you know that we've well, we've all spoke about it. That Caicedo is the one we all have a hope that might stay. Um Europa League football is about as good as it gets for it for him if he does stay like it's a hell of an attraction, right? Like stay a year. Yeah. You're playing like what more like, unless you are going to be signed by a Champions League team, right? So you've got to at this point, you've got to be offered Champions League football. So now you've got Man City, Arsenal, Newcastle, Manchester United. They're your four. They're the only ones that should in theory be able to attract Moises Kaisada at this point. Arsenal, unfortunately, are the one that are mentioned a lot. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so yeah. shit. Um, and it's probably a superb move for him. Um, I can't say more for legal reasons. I don't think because I think we'll get done in for who it'd probably be replacing and what <laughs> I want to call him. Um, but it would be a superb move for Caicedo, right? Um, and Arsenal are going to splash a lot of money in the summer. I'm sure of it. Um, I think if he doesn't go there, I think he will. I think we keep him. Um, I don't think your Real Madrid's,
0: your Barcelona's are going to be coming. Well, Real Madrid's signing Bellingham. Yeah. They're, not, they're not looking for another <laughs> exactly at this point. Um, yeah, The fact so that we're talking me, about this so club sport. is quite funny, but yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <outrageous>. <laughs> but you're right. Um, like, it is, di- it is four, really. Here's a ridiculous question. Like, As of recording, um, Man City's B team are beating Chelsea 1-0. Um by the way, Man City's B team would probably qualify for Champions League football if they were a separate club. Um, would you take money off the table? Let's assume it's the same offer, which is hard to do in this particular circumstance. You're you're a football you're a 20 year old very up and coming football player. You're offered the opportunity to join Brighton this summer or Chelsea. Chelsea are going to be playing no European football. They've got a thousand players. Um, who would you join obviously you're very biased but what's the most objective answer you could give there would you join brian or would you join chelsea well
1: this is the question and and i I can hand this over to craig as well because i saw you on mute i'm sorry but like this like this question extends out to levi colwell does
0: it not yeah well they don't want to sell him apparently we asked about this and maybe this is just rumor but chelsea were like go do one but you're not you not getting anywhere near it. But they've got how many defenders they've got still. They don't even play their for Fana, do they? But that,
2: that conversation changes as of half an hour ago, doesn't it? Right? It, yeah. it is that you go We're potentially in Europe to now going to Levi Colwell and saying, do you want to play in Europe next year or not? Um, and, and saying, this, you're playing left centre-back where you want to play. You're playing a game you're very good at and with a team you've already been with for a year. Like Unless you want to be earning three times the amount on a 20-year contract, like you should probably stay here right and <laughs> um,
0: that does sound so, quite appealing though, no, to be honest that's yeah, a well, exa- like but yeah it brings
2: it segmo to the original question is if you want to win more money yes chelsea's probably the way to go and mm-hmm. and that's that's categorical that's always been that's always been the truth for the last 10 15 years and it always will be um but that's the only thing that's really tipping the scales isn't it really like it's the only yeah yeah so that was that was my answer was if, if your primary motivation is money and money only, then yeah, you choose Chelsea, go for it. Cause you'll, you'll be locked down for 20 years and you might get a shot at playing right back. If you're lucky. Um, it's, it's a serious conversation now that can be, you can up the ante there and go, right now we're interested because we will be playing European football and you will start.
1: And here is, and here is where uh, Pochettino coming in matters too, because you're now having to prove yourself again to another manager with about 86 centre-backs to compete with in a team that's not good no no European football like you said and this is where that player power comes into play right because if he wants to go then it does become a tougher conversation it doesn't matter whether Bowley's is telling him to go away or not if Levi is kicking up a fuss is it worth keeping him like do you know what I mean like if he's absolutely kicking off and wants to leave and he's not even guaranteed to figure in your plans, and you're not going to know if he's even going to figure in your plans until September or August. Like, you need to offload players. That isn't that isn't like a oh like they could do with losing. No, they they have to. They categorically must offload players. Several of them. It's it sucks to lose a young, talented English left sided centre back. Absolutely, but if you're wanting to get rid of someone like, and you've got someone lined up already, do you not trust Pochettino to get the best out of the other like wealth of youth centre backs that you have? Like it feels like it would be mental to not. It just, it just feels bizarre to me that they're going to stonewall that conversation as of half an hour ago, like Greg said. Well, I don't think it
0: is anymore. I also, I think this is, this is one of these ones where I, if we, if they don't want that, if they don't want to discuss that, Give him to us on loan again for another year because he is not. We saw today, by the way, Cole was points some amazing performance. I think the Arsenal performance was pretty much the best he's played for us today. Though he nearly just gave Southampton a goal early on. He made the wrong decision. He touched the ball incorrectly, and then they were in. He is not the finished article for what Chelsea's aspirations are. Um, but you don't, like you, you can't rest all of your hopes of what well, Chelsea want to be a top two, top three team. Um, the amount of money they spent and they want to do that next year do you start Levi Colwell no I you think about the pressure as well don't you is that we've we have a
2: a cultivating culture if you like um of you know it's okay to make mistakes and there's there's very little pressure even if you are young if you step into a Chelsea team with six or seven other centre-backs in that dressing room um, and you're trying not to make mistakes because it's all there and plain to see and you've got this Chelsea pressure on top of you as well of we've spent over half a billion pounds last year and we're starting a 20 year old centre back that came from our academy. There's that additional pressure of I'm not as good as Barriere I'm not as good as Silver or, or whatever that is. You don't have that here. You, you know, we're continuously okay. rotating our centre backs and being able to generate those pairings. Again, it comes to the fact that you've already played here a year and you're playing some amazing football. And if you make a mistake, it's very quickly forgiven because of the way we play. Um, whilst you'll, you'll be on a highlight reel if you do that for Chelsea week in, week
0: out. Um, well, uh, you, can you imagine? I think you're absolutely right. But if you, if you gave Levo Coldwell a time machine, the ability to then say that he would reject the loan to go on Brighton this year and, and instead stay at Chelsea, think how depressed... You don't play. You sit there. You're playing for the reserves, and then your team is essentially like the the meme of the the dog sat in the middle of the room on fire. Like we have, like single handedly, his move to Brighton has completely changed the outlook of of his career. And uh, I I completely agree with you. The other thing, by the way, it's not just Chelsea. Obviously, this is you can say the same thing about Spurs. Like Spurs are. Spurs are maybe going to get Conference League football, but I, to be honest, you know, Villa could as well, right? Do you, do you want to go to Spurs? Sure. I mean, you can, do, who's even managing Spurs? So the point being is like, we're now, like, I, I can't believe we keep saying this, but like, we are prestige. We're, we're a prestigious destination as of 40 minutes ago for, for players to come to. That's so exciting.
1: It does. It's something that, like, I remember, like, when I was well younger and we were still campaigning to get the annex um, and just shortly afterwards too. every, every year, like the newspapers in the summer, because they were bored, would come out with like random articles and stuff. And they would always talk about like sleeping giants or like the Davids against Goliath and stuff. And they would always every year they would call us a sleeping giant due to catchment area, due to destination Due to the the idea of having this new stadium, Tony Bloom just coming in. Um and like it does feel like today, 45 minutes ago, like we've just woke up a little bit. Like for the first time in 125 years, like we like yawned like in an 83, but like it feels like like this team, like what it can be, is like finally starting to show itself after over a century of football, mind you, that uh, we're all alive to see it, which is insane. Um, and I'm going to railroad you back uh, onto the Southampton game here. This is this is damn unhinged. it. I tried my
0: I tried my best. <laughs> this is
1: as unhinged of a podcast as I would expect for a team that have just probably achieved the best result in their history here. Uh, but just before half time, uh, worries and concerns appeared to be allayed uh, with Mitoma bouncing back in tremendous fashion which he seemingly does a lot by the way if he ever has a poor finish or whatever it just he just doesn't care like he's always producing magic again um and just bullies uh, whoever that poor southampton player was that demanded he got a foul and absolutely was not fouled lavia
0: uh, was that him? I don't know I don't I think uh, I only I mean, know about yeah. two southampton players at this point <laughs> um,
1: and just bursts down that left-hand side as we've seen him so many times um, and commits an absolute atrocity of an outside of a foot pass, um, which just is outrageous. If that was, if that was your your top two, your, your your Messi or your like Mbappe pulling off a pass like that, like you're seeing that on Sky Sports every hour for the next like three days. Um, and Evan Ferguson, again, at that age, is slotting that ball away as if he's been doing it for. 20 years, um, and all of a sudden things look very, very rosy indeed going into half Um, I know we've talked about Evan a lot already, but just the sky really is the limit with this kid, isn't it? Like, it's just insane. Like, he's going to be our starting striker next season, I'm sure of it. Um, there's no one else, and I don't see why we would ever need to try and bring someone in to replace him. We just need to bring people in to rotate him for. Um, but just unbelievable. Like the the the, the finish, the run, it's got to be a joy to to play with people like midtimer on the wing, isn't it? Yeah.
2: And, and you look at next season, if you give him a full season as your starting striker, right? Hey, what has he got? Six goals in sort of 14, 15 starting appearances or whatever? Fine. You know, you can extrapolate that and, and have wishful thinking. But you, you think, how many goals can he get next year? Um, because he's just clinical. He's the one person you want to have on the end of that ball. And you now can't convince me otherwise of any any striker or any player we have at our club that you want latching onto that and putting it away. And like you said, he, he does it so calmly that it's just, he has been doing it for years. It, it's crazy to have that sort of player up front at that age um, with... I guess the, the football IQ on him as well as to where to be and, and how to play in this team. Cause it's not easy to play up front for this Brighton team. Cause you have to drop back. You have to do your defensive duties. So him clear a corner out from the second half as well, which we'll get onto right. It is that you have to do a lot in this squad. So the fact that he's doing it and still able to finish those chances is incredible. And you have a 19 year old starting striker up front playing in Europe next year. That's
0: insane. I love how pissed he was when he was taken off as well. I liked that. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to be annoyed at that. How dare you? I was about to bang one in for my hat trick. You bastard deserve me. Uh, the, it, I remember some idiot not that long ago claiming that he can't start. It's too much pressure to put on him and we shouldn't be starting and putting all our hopes on this young kid. And honestly, this is why you shouldn't listen to people. Uh, yeah. I, uh, it's but the same could be said about how many players. I know Evan Ferguson is sort of tip-top up there, but uh, Buena Notte looks really comfortable when he comes on as well. It gives you a very different vibe from NC, so who's just pure unbridled chaos. But like the the fact is that like, these youngsters have stepped up in such a big way, and and yeah, I don't know. I think the bigger thing is that I agree with you. Like Evan Ferguson has earned the that the leading line now he really has and having World back there to spell him. And uh, you just, I guess the question mark is around players like Dennis and Dav almost certainly is probably going to be moved on at which point you are going to need another uh, able body to come in there. And Joao Pedro is not really that guy. Can he play the role there? Yes, but he's not, I mean, he's only 21. like He's not, he's not this sort of number nine that's been doing it for years and years and years. So I think we'll see some change there. And I do want to make one quick point about the Newcastle game and going back to kind of what was said about how mistakes and how Deserby will trust you and he won't just throw you out. Dennis Zindav arguably had one of the f- worst first halves of football you'll ever see from an individual. I mean, he got he gave away a stupid free kick that got Newcastle their goal. Um he did something else ridiculously stupid. He got yellow carded. And then deserve is like, instead of dragging him off at halftime, like, go on then, mate. It comes out of scores. Like that's, that is that is uh, the very all-encompassing good sign of what this, this club is about. Um, and the same can be said what you talked about with Matoma. Don't get your head down. Just go out there. Keep doing what you're doing and it will come. And that ball was just... If Anthony had done that for man united fans they wouldn't have worn underwear and pants for a week after that they've been waiting all season for him to do something that's half as good as that and he was what 80 million or something absurd if Matoma had a little accent on his name and came from sao paulo uh he'd be you know being sold for 90 million this summer to someone
1: (laughs) I i mean you're not wrong though really are you um all right, second half, uh, Southampton scored uh, stupid, lazy stuff from us. They scored again, didn't count. The rolled ruled it out, rightfully offside. We move on uh, because next up uh, is the fun stuff. Uh, ten minutes after that, when we we're all shitting our pants for the next ten minutes, um, Levi Colwill, of all people, with the assist. Uh, but it came from a set piece, uh, which is rare enough in and of itself. Um, but of course... Of course, it has to be the originator of the cheap bargain from Europe himself. The first ever Premier League goalscorer for Brighton Hove Albion. The absolute legend, genuinely, like true legend, uh, Pascal Gross, with a perfect Pascal Gross turn as well in there for the fun and games uh, and just slots it into the near post with pinpoint accuracy. Leaves the keeper absolutely screwed because you there's so many bodies in the way. Like it's just so tough. Um unbelievable. Once again the pressure is actually lifted this time. It feels like we're getting over the line. Uh and isn't it just perfect uh that Pascal Gross is the man doing
2: it? It's just it's poetic, isn't it? Like you you can't write it. Um and he was he was great again in that sort of double pivot. I'm glad Caicedo is moved into that pseudo right back <laughs> instead of gross because uh, I think he can just, he, he's so influential across it and I don't think he stopped running for what is about 102 minutes of, of football today. Um, just so good. And yeah, like you said, it, you, it's a, you couldn't write it. Uh, so it's just, it feels good. is There's no one better to sort of score that final goal and, and get that. Um, and he's been solid for us for six, seven years now. It's just insane how good he is um, and being able to do that I know he, he came out and said it was the best footballing day of his life. So that
0: tells you all you need to know about this guy. Uh, the, I think the only other one that you'd rival is saying he deserved the, a potential goal there was if it was Alexis instead, right? And he nearly smashed one in on a part, half volley, didn't he, at one point? Um, as sort of maybe a little farewell goal. But yeah, I did like how the Southampton defence with Grace were like, all right, then what you are you, you going to do here? We've got all of us here. Like, oh, Jesus. And he just bangs it, uh yeah, what well, uh, I think is it the, the term when everyone describes like footballers that played at a club for a while and always been like always been great parts of the team, you use that term servant, and i I really think it's apt for him he's been a fantastic servant of this club, um and without him this year has a completely different complexion on the entire season because that man has played in 400 different positions and he's always, always kept things together. And this summed him up. It was the goal that put us completely back on track to seal the the win here when it could have got away from us a little bit. And, And that's why... Ferguson gets taken off and you see players like Danny Wilbeck come in and you start to bring in a little bit and CISO comes off and you bring on players I know Buenavortes is like bringing on this youngster but a more controlled player and he's that He's let's just control everything that's been mature and let's, and let's do it and that's that's where he got us
1: What did you make of the NCISO sub? Um, reason I ask is because Rob uh, has actually just DM'd uh, us saying that um, he's had to bounce off the stream um, but he felt that then Ciso looked to step off from the opening kick then he intercepted the pass in the box that was it for him pulled at the half what did you think about that um, I'll give my thoughts for it I didn't think it was too performance based it looked like he'd just been clattered about eight different times and it felt like Decelbi was like nah I'm going to take him off he's already one of those players that's been on a knock for the last week and a half yeah. Uh, and he's being chopped down at every opportunity which Southampton did all day um dirty dirty team that just didn't want to be there it felt like um I don't think it was performance based personally it felt very much like one of those ones where it was just I've already got a squad of players out injured I, I'm not adding another one to the list
2: I think there's rotation there right as well I so I think, Adam, to, to your point, having someone that's a little bit more conservative with their play, I think Buonanotte is exciting, but not as, like you said, cha- chaotic and erratic as, uh, as as Ciso is. I think it was just easier to have that. And I think, Josh, to your point as well, we don't want another person injured, especially. Um, he had a bit of a rough time in that first half. I do think he gave the ball away a couple of times, but I think that's normal for NC so I think just with the way that he plays and that nature of how he plays is that he is quite raw and you expect that from him anyway I just think he was probably under a microscope given the the pressure of the situation but um fine sub you know you've got five to use and you you bring on Buonanotte who who did fine as well so um yeah I think it was probably a conservative change
0: both for the the person and for the game yeah, a little, little column A, little column B. I mean, if you just go back and look at the past few games against Arsenal and CISO uh, played for 81 minutes and had a pass accuracy percentage of 55.6%. The worst on the team by 20%. <laughs> played play 81 minutes. Against Newcastle, uh, he came on at 55 minutes and Outside of just other subs, he had one of the worst pass completion percentages. And then today against Southampton, uh, he had a 75% pass accuracy rating, of which the only two worst players on the team were Evan Ferguson and Dennis and for obvious reasons, given they have to play up top and have to play back to goal and all that kind of stuff. Um, If he isn't able to beat a man and do silly things and go around people and smash one in the top corner you could look at him as a bit of a liability. Uh, this is not a game where you can have a liability playing. So I, I think, I really do think it's, yes, a little bit of, yeah, he picks up injuries and all that kind of stuff. He gets other players, get yellow carded. Um, wasn't, wasn't a day for someone to come in and lose the ball and a counter-attack occurs, which we saw.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, let's be honest, I don't think he would be playing regularly if Solly was fit, right? Like that's...
0: No, you bring bringing on the 80th minute, 75th minute, and he pops one in.
1: Yep, and and he's been superb in in large parts of his. He's been asked to play more football than he he expected, I think, or anyone expected, and he's been superb for large parts of that. So we're not we're not slagging him off. It's just I think you're right. Uh, all right, let's go to man of the match. Then uh, you once again have a large wealth of opportunities to pick from here. Um, so who are you going to go for? Uh, either one of you can go first uh, I don't mind um but who was your standout player today
2: oh, that's rough isn't it I don't know yeah yeah I th- yeah I mean the, the low hanging fruit is probably Ferguson with two goals and and leading that line I think having him annoyed at <laughs> 60 minutes and not getting a hattie uh, at his age is just amazing um I do think Gross had a really good game as well. I mean, despite the goal, I think he was just running everywhere, like I said. But I think mine's probably—I'll go with Ferguson since you asked first. I'll get—I'll get
0: Ferguson on the way. I just want to add one little little add bit to the previous thing. Buonanotte came on at halftime. Twenty-three passes, hundred percent pass accuracy. So that's the difference you're getting from a said to mm-hmm. Um God, I don't, I'll give it to Pascal Gross purely because of the relief the relief factor that he created where it didn't feel like uh, I was going to throw up after he scored so I'll give it to him
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's entirely fair to be honest uh, two, two good selections um, I'm a bit screwed now because either of those he would have been uh, my choices Um so if I have to go for someone else, um, let's just go with uh, probably Colwell. Um, because he came back in after being absolutely knackered. Uh, was rested due to fatigue. Um, and De has talked and talked and talked about how difficult it is to find a good left-sided centre-back. Um, and once again, was just imperious uh, next to Dunk. They are so in sync with each other is mental um, for clarity's sake I would rather have gone with Rose Ferguson but in terms of a standout that was in there amongst the others um, again like you saw it if you looked at the the, the cameras again like, like he, he was pressing so high man like Colwell was like in their half all the time pressing is mental um, and he actually looks like he's a threat at set pieces now which is something we have lacked for a while. Um, Twice, he proved to be a real pain in their ass, And for me, that's always helpful as well.
0: Did you see how we were lined up, like, formation-wise from the first, like, 20, 25 minutes? When we had possession, we literally just played with two centre-backs. Then the full-backs just went in the middle, um, and then everyone (laughs) else just went up. So we were like we were basically playing the equivalent of like a two seven one at points. Does that sound right? Is that the right number?
1: That it, or like two. It was two three fivey two. There was, it was like
0: it was re, it was like one of it was just like deservedly one hundred percent was like just score two goals immediately and then it's just let's just control the game. It was it was absurd. Yeah, it was.
1: Um, all right that wraps the game itself uh, we now have Manchester City and Aston Villa to to talk about um, coming forward uh, really they don't matter anymore do they um, <laughs> I had one of my mates I had one of my mates say that we should uh, we should just field a full reserve side and get five players sent off so we could forfeit 3-0 against City and not have any risk of a 16 <laughs> goals swing <sweep, laughs> uh, which is that's just, not
0: a bad idea <laughs>
1: it's a genius thinking uh, <laughs> I thought it was a really good idea. Um, Not that we'll do it, but... uh, All right, so next week, we will be recapping uh, your City and your Villa games, right? We're going to go through that. um, And then the week after, we'll do our end-of-season podcast, right? Awards, whatever else we want to do for whoever else we want to give them to. Um, But for today... We've got however long we want left, really, because it's our fucking show. But what do you want to talk about? <laughs> What's uh, Theo, the, do the, anything else you want to talk about today?
0: I, the, the, I think the, the vibes for Wednesday are going to be fun, aren't they? Like, I think that that would be a really last home game of the season. You've all but like sort of end of days catastrophe secured Europa League football, and you're playing against the recently anointed champions. I. That's going to be a pretty chill, fun. Like, it, I honestly wouldn't be shocked if Pep and Deserby between them was like, let's do some Harlem shit in this one. Let's just see what happens. <laughs> let's just have a bit of fun. Uh,
1: Headers and volleys only. Yeah, just like, yeah,
0: yeah, something like that. Just bring the keepers up, put some rando and go. You know, it's just, I, I think there's something nice about that. And and then the stress is off for the Villa once. So it's just such a, it's such a great situation to be in because Villa, you're nervous now if you're a Villa fan, aren't you? You really it's are. It's
1: probably, probably a really smart idea to have us do the victory lap today as well. Do you think, Craig, Like instead of doing it possibly Wednesday after we've been thumped 3-0, like, <laughs> yeah. it's like, yeah. it was a clever move to do <laughs> it today.
2: I well I was worried. I thought we were tempting fate as well because no one's staying for a victory lap if we if we didn't get the result today, right? So like it was it was a very you had like the the marching band outside, you had all of these like celebrations and stuff. I was like don't do this. Like that's not tempt fate too much. Um but yeah, I think it'll it'll be fun on Wednesday. I think that's the only thing, right? You got two friends in each in, in the dugouts, you've got a party atmosphere for you know both sets of fans that have got exactly what they wanted out of this year and more. Uh, so that'll that's good. I think yeah. Uh, from what I'm seeing from the lap of appreciation, obviously we've gone live directly after. It, it looks it looks like a laugh. Um, yeah, would would have loved to be there, but you know
0: yeah, that's what it is uh well, I know we'll get, we're gonna we're gonna endlessly probably talk about <clears throat> what happens in the summer and over next season over the course of the next few kind of th- especially at the end of season wrap up and all that kind of thing. but um just imagine not to be a downer here. Can you think how hard this season has been and how we've been like disrupted and had to crunch all these games in at the end? how tired all the players are? We've talked about Matoma. Now add a European run to that where you're playing Thursday night games on top of all this. So when we get into this thought about and people are like, ah oh, well, you know, it's bright and we don't really do like Depth is going to be the we are going to have to sign a bounty of individuals for, for this team. like truly a lot of players, if not, we will get to February of next year if we've done a half decent job in Europe. And the under 21s will just all be this. The bench will just be the under 21s. Like, it's gonna like we're gonna need to do it. So it's gonna be fun. If you think it's fun now, it's gonna get even more fun over the next few months.
1: Especially if we do lose McAllister and Caicedo, right? Yeah, like, yeah. If we lose those two, we're not only having to bring in depth, but now we're having to bring in like genuine game changers and the two the two positions that are deserving is arguably most important to in this entire eleven. So. It's not only it's scary, but it's also really exciting because the amount of money we will have to spend on those players and the level of player we'll be attracting at that point to be his two in the double pivot. Not just oh, you can like play and rotate and like you know you're 20 years old. We'll be playing you like 25 games a season. This is the kind of people that we'll be talking to and be like, you are the guy, like the guy and you're gonna be playing with another the guy we haven't got yet either but <laughs> you'll be playing together this is like this is a chance to make like build your own legacy to be whatever you want it to be at this point because you can take us wherever you want to take us
0: it's up to you um, um, the f- oh I didn't mean to cut you off I don't no, no, doesn't but Dahoud will start every game for us if he's not injured like uh, that, that's 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 a starter signing. And this is why I love the Milner one. If we're, we're fully wrapping that one up is the gross point two, you know, like just plug him in wherever. Um, and that's a really astute signing. And someone that does have that, think of, I know all the memes and the jokes and everything, but when you're playing in European competition for the first time, which every one of these players will be almost, um, you give or take. You turn to James Milner, you like, tell us, how does this work, mate? Uh, and that's a guy, him and Lallana and the, it, there's, and then Jal Pedro, you'll see a lot of that guy. You don't sign that guy to sit on the bench. Like that is what Watford's captain at 21 years of age and, and star player who has massive, massive aspirations and high hopes. So I love that we've done a lot of early business here, but we go back to what we talked about before. Cole Wolf's probably not coming back. So you've essentially lost your starting left centre-back. There's too many question marks about Adam Webster at the moment with injuries and everything. We, we, our right-back, like Veltman, clearly, like we, we need to have someone else there because Lamptey, God knows, um, we need, there's so much that needs to come in that we otherwise... We've, we've been limping to this point. The fact that we've been able to limp to sixth is just ridiculous. Ridiculous. I like that
2: tells you the quality of what the football we're playing, right? Is that, you know, we're, we're sort of, we've had to limp over the line and get a top six finish, barring catastrophic results. And that that's how good this team is and how good we're playing, is that it could have been higher if you had a fully fit squad. And yeah, every squad has injuries and bits and pieces, but we're talking a whole second 11 that's, a, that's injured and or absent at the moment. Uh the the fact that we've been able to do it with two games to spare is that's that's that feel good factor isn't it it's not that we got there but we got there with time to spare and within the circumstances that we've got and and that's why the zerbi's nominated for for manager of the year as well
0: yeah i i wonder if moda can come back next year
1: well there's another one right like there's no doubt that that's a conversation that's going to be had throughout the summer Mm -hmm. um and you've got like you say like there's There are holes in their squad. Like, fullback in general is a huge one. Purvis cannot continue to play. And, like, I don't want to get into, like, end of season stuff, but, like, what a signing that man Like, the most sprints in the Premier League of any other player, of any player in the Premier League, he commits to the most sprints. Like, the gas tank on the dude is insane. Um, My dogs are now having a fight in the background. But, uh, yeah, it's just, like, to me, like, you can't expect that of him now going forward in a European campaign as well like we've got to be able to rotate and right now we were relying on Lamptey essentially be both and Lamptey isn't fit enough to be one let alone the two so, so,
0: well he was about to go off to Lisbon or something in January remember remember that rumour nearly happened that was
1: the rumour yeah yeah so
0: I wouldn't, um, be, I wouldn't be shocked if he's gone to be honest I just maybe just can't do it maybe just his body just can't do it anymore which is sad
1: yeah, um, but fullback is a massive hole for me. Like that's a huge one that we need to fill, especially right back. God love Joel Veltman, but he is not. That's not a right back we want to be going into. Like we do not. We need to sign a proper out and out right back. That's our full time right back.
2: I mean, even when you're you're thinking with this, the two cups you've got to play domestically, 38 games of the Premier League and you add Europe on top of that, you're asking 50, 55 games from a, a single player if you don't sign someone. And, and Joel Veldman can't do that at the moment, like just with his injuries and his, his proneness for that. I absolutely love him to bits um, and he is consistent when he plays, but his injuries just hamper him too much. You you need this sort of backup. And I think that's what we've, we've mentioned in the first 10 minutes of this, this pod is you're playing an extra competition next year and we're already sort of ravaged with injuries so there there needs to be a, a comprehensive investment this summer and and that's the most exciting part as well is that that has to happen
0: uh we do
1: have some loans coming back as well like steven said in the chat like we do have your Dingra coming back alzate a- like, yeah i feel like alzate is like very much on a possible redemption tour here because he just Looking back at the way he plays, it feels like a deserving player. I think he's gonna have a hell of a chance in the yeah in the States this, to prove his worth to Deserby.
0: I hope so. And you, don't forget Sarmiento's been injured. Like, we've got there's there, there are some really exciting players, but this there's there's, there's gonna be a lot of activity. There's there's absolutely no doubt about that. And by the way, back to Veltman, guy's got forty days left on his contract. Actually expires the end of June. And I know there's lots of talk about renewing. They're trying to get him to renew. There's a guarantee that he's going to renew. So as it stands, if Kaysedo's gone and you don't renew Veltman, Lamptey's Lamptey. You're starting right back next season, ladies and gentlemen. It's James Milner. Okay. So Godspeed.
1: <laughs> I mean, I mean that summarizes it right. Like that summarizes the depth that we have currently in certain positions. Um, and we need to make these sign-ins. Now, if you're looking at winger, we have a shit ton of wingers now.
0: Too many. Sick of them. Yeah,
1: we've got loads. All of them. All of the wingers. Um, so there are at least spots in this team that we do not have to overly invest in, which is good. right? Like Number 10, anywhere across that three behind the striker. Cool. Centre half, especially if we can get Colwell back. We're looking okay ish because we'll have Veltman as a backup then at that point. Like Webster, Cole dunk Veltman. That's a nice four. As long as I think Van Hecker will get moved on, but I'm sure one or two youngsters will pop up out of nowhere because they always do at centre half for Brighton. We tend to have a talent at doing that before we even started spawning in regents. Like centre back was always a good <laughs> spot for us. Um, but your midfield, your, 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 your two of your four-two-three-one is going to need a total overhaul. Your fullbacks are going to need a total overhaul, and your striker position is going to be something you're going to have to look at for just protecting poor Evan because he's an eighteen-year-old kid. Will be nineteen by then. He can't be playing fifty games in a season.
0: Um, some quotes from Deserbi while we've been talking. It's an honour to be their coach and to work in this club. It's it's a big emotion. I can say it's the best day in my career um i don't think he's leaving i don't think he's leaving no
1: chance no i don't think anyone could come in and take him at this point this summer i don't think there's a chance in hell
0: yeah i'm not going to rule spurs out um that would be the stuff of absolute nightmares but i don't think i don't see him leaving um i i know we've we've talked about some of the things to focus on for next season but let's not lose sight of the go and look at the table now, which I'm sure everyone has, but there, there's obviously four, five sides that have finished above us. The, the, the top side is obviously funded by a nation state and is embroiled in a legal situation that, outside of the fact that they're going to be able to spend a shit ton of money on the best legal team in the world, probably should be banned from football. Just a little asterisk, and it's that. Uh, Arsenal, obscene funding from US gazillionaires Newcastle do we even need to talk about that uh,
1: they, Matt, their start in 11 was five times what ours was on Thursday by the way which I enjoy because plucky Newcastle fans are like oh we've done it on a shoot string Eddie Howe <laughs> unbelievable what a manager their start in 11 was worth over 500 million
2: pounds yeah. on Thursday the two hundred million a transfer window is not plucky at all <laughs>
0: Lucky underdogs, yeah, good good job, guys, yeah. Uh, but kudos to them. I mean, it's you know, it's, it's, everyone loves to see you. It's, I will uh, say, I do, I do think project, yeah, I, I thought it was a bit horrible, had a now, schedule. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I actually, I really don't. It's nice to see new uh, Newcastle Newcastle fans for the ones I've met have all been fairly, fairly nice. It's obviously uh, the beheading stuff, not, not that great. Uh, Man United, uh, obviously funded by gazillionaires from the US. Liverpool funded by a gazillionaire corporation from the US. And then it's us. And then you've got bloody Villa and Spurs. The less said about their funding and everything the better as well. This when when people do say you mentioned David and Goliath before. But this is the only way I think you can look at this and see in, in the recent modern Premier League history a more unbelievable outcome was the Leicester situation and I don't know. that's never going to be topped in my mind but this is unprecedented absolutely unprecedented and 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 there may never be a greater day than than this this end of season as as a Brighton fan there may not we hope there will be but this is we're, we're not competing on an even level here with these clubs that, that it's this is a rigged game it is fully rigged tony bloom and paul barber and roberto disertri are complete, competing with countries to beat them at football and are doing it, or at least at the same level.
1: I'm going to clip this for next year when we've just finished fourth in, the, <laughs> lift, in <laughs> Lewis Dunk lift in the Europa League trophy. Um, complete in a double, by the way, because we've won the FA yeah, Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'll clip that and show that we're continuing to grow. Uh as Chelsea finish bottom three. Um, and, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. To be honest, it works in our favour that Dunk Gross, etc. don't play international football. I think that's fair. I think that's a fair point to make. A lot of those players that haven't been hit with a lot of injuries in this final run-in are generally ones that didn't go anywhere in the World Cup, which is quite nice. Um, who would win in a marathon, Purvis or Caicedo? Pass. I'm not answering that question. I feel like that would be one of those like bleep tests or marathons.
0: They'd have to extend the the regulations for the marathon. (laughs) Add on some
1: miles. (laughs) (laughs) It does feel that way. Um, It feels like it would just be an endless run. Like just. Um, All right. I think that's about it. Really. Uh, This is 215 episodes of this podcast, uh, and we have been able to have at the moment of our biggest ever result in our history. Um, for me, uh, I know that people talk about Hereford. I think that was our most important result. And I think there is a big difference between biggest result and most important result. Um, this is our biggest result in history. And we may never get another one like you said, Adam. Or we may get decades more after this. But when you're in your car driving to work tomorrow and listening to this, or if you're just sitting at home having a beer now, listening to it, just drink it in. Just enjoy it. Because these moments, Leicester fans will tell you, do not last forever. Southampton fans will tell you. So just enjoy it because we may never see it again. Uh, And I can't wait.
0: But We should end that there. I mean, what else is there to say? We really should.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right, fellas. We will speak to you next week uh, to recap the. Unless like the Man City game is like eight eight, we're probably not going to record midweek. It's an absolute nightmare. We're just we're struggling midweek. Uh, we will get that shit we together said, we're, for we're our like European Brighton. tour.
0: We struggle we are. midweek. Yeah, yeah.
1: And we're we're going to have to get our shit together for Europe too um, to make sure <laughs> <laughs> we're recording. Oh, adequately. Yeah. Um so we will probably be back next weekend barring just like whatever like a meteorite smashing into the AMEX and like a like space jam happening. Um so we will we will speak to you next weekend to cover City and Villa uh, and then obviously we have the the final one. Um after that I'm sure we will be recording more podcasts this summer than I've ever recorded uh, given the trip stateside first and foremost. Yeah. Uh and to what is almost definitely going to be the busiest transfer window in Albion history, um, ins, outs, and everything in between. So we'll speak to you next week uh, and just enjoy the week, everybody, uh, regardless of the result on Wednesday, who fucking
2: cares for a year. So get your passports ready. Yeah. Camera renewed. <laughs> yeah. Cheers. Thanks all.